I wonder when Matt's going to press the button to start recording. What was I about to say before you went? Oh, okay. So Trevor went to go get, uh, he's like, oh, I got to go fill up my, my coffee again. And I was like, again, like you'd already had a cup. I thought for some reason this whole time, I thought you kind of just did like a one cup at night thing, like when we were recording. But now I'm learning that you like have a full pot that you're, that you're going through. Is this correct? Tonight it is correct. Every single time that I make coffee, just as a general rule, I make enough for three cups, so it's like a half pot. Three, kind of. okay. Yeah, that sounds like a half pot. So, and I've got like, it stays on for like three or four hours afterwards. So I usually make one, but it's, cup, it's not start as drinking. good after that long, you know. No, it really isn't. But also, that's not really the point because, like I said, I don't really this drink is, coffee for like caffeine. This energy. is a utilitarian situation. This is I drink coffee because coffee tastes better than drinking water. That is true. And it's I'm, a lot cheaper than like milk or juice. Like it's you, just wait, something to drink. Do you get, is it, I know you, you got guys. candy water? Is that the problem? It might be. But mm. also question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you guys drink like when, when you said better than like more or cheaper than milk? You, you guys out here drinking glasses of, uh, of cow's milk? Is that? So no. this is, this is okay. another thing that I've learned Never. about myself yeah. recently. Apparently it's like I'm in the minority. I thought drinking milk like as a beverage just like to drink because you're thirsty. I thought that was like a totally normal thing for people to do. Well, I, I kind of th- I think I do that like often at least twice a day. Ugh. I'll have a glass of milk. Oh, twice wow. <laughs> a day. Yeah. Just a glass of cow's milk, huh? Yeah. Just pour a glass of milk and drink it. Oh, my. That I'll is so like gross. With, if I have like pancakes and like eggs and bacon and stuff like a glass of milk with the meal. Huh. Can, can you Matt, can you say what episode it is? It, uh, welcome to Off the Crossbar. It's episode 80, uh, subtitle, An Intervention for Trevor. Yeah, multiple uh, now. Okay, yeah. one, Too much the, po- the, the pot of coffee is was, I thought, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to talk to Trevor, like a pot of coffee night's pretty wild, but I'm, I'm kind of, like, it's impressive, but now the milk thing is way bigger, and I am just, I, I almost tweeted earlier, I like, I just like, I don't know why it was on my mind. But I was just like sitting, waiting for, uh, I, I, I had just left a coffee shop. I had left three cups in Holiday, which is a, a, a delightful coffee shop. It's next to Caputo's. So they you can kind of make gelato too. They do. They, I honestly like three cups keeps getting better. And for a while there were, so they, they used to serve like blue, uh, blue copper, uh, coffee. And then they got their own roaster uh-huh. And their roast, like their coffee is like my favorite that I've had in, in Utah. And I don't know if, uh-huh. and, and, but problematically though, like uh, with like a couple months ago, they're, I don't know if their roaster like broke. I don't know what was going on or if they were having trouble like sourcing beans or something, but they went back to serving blue copper for a while. And I was like, okay, yeah, like this is, this is still really good. Like I like blue copper, but it just was different. And I was concerned, mm. but they recently have gotten their stuff back. So I went and, um, I stopped there today, but I was uh, trying to, I was waiting for traffic to clear to, to get onto that main, I can't remember what road it is, but the I was just kind of, yeah, the main one. I was kind of just sitting in my car, uh, not doing much. And I just like typed out a tweet just without thinking too much saying, I am declaring war on cow's milk and those who drink it. <laughs> I didn't send the tweet, but it's in my drafts. And I, this feels like I should have sent that <laughs> now. Yeah. that is so funny though just like a glass of glass of milk i don't know if it like became like way 
like more taboo after the movie Get Out, but like uh <laughs> it does seem like evil behavior. However, yeah, I did just see well, this, we're kind of just going into social hour now. Yeah, welcome to social hour. Yeah. I <laughs> episode 80 of social hour. Where where we do care about each other's personal lives. And I so uh I I here's the thing. I listen to the RSL show. They often skip over this part. And I think that's totally fine. They're 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 getting down to business. They're busy boys. Andy's out running around, uh, filming like just all sorts of all manner of sports. And I'm sure you know, Josh is is busy too doing Josh stuff. And, you know, Mitch lives in Portland, so there's plenty of Portlandy things to do. But they don't like I, I would love to hear about what Mitch has been up to, but I do know that he bought a TV recently, which is big oh. news. Um, I like that. But they yeah. they skip over it so quickly. And I was like, man, not only is this a great opportunity for me to catch up with my dear friends, I like I like being able to talk about like the new, like just new stuff, like recommendations and that kind of thing you know like it's yeah. it's nice and i also this is like a de facto way of me uh talking to my mother about what i've been up to so you know uh, in a funny way me too yeah my mom loves hearing about what, what we're up to so this is never going to go away i hope everyone understands that but and i hope that's fine because this is a oh it is fine like, yes this is our listeners don't get a say they don't it's yeah. not a democracy the, the, yeah this it's very undemocratic situation we've got here I'm wearing my authoritarian Bernie 2020 hoodie. So I am clearly it looks nice. I like the typography. Thanks, man. My friend Connor designed it. It's great. Oh, we, nice. yeah, we, we like made all these hoodies and then like donated all the money to the campaign. It was fun. But, um, uh, good times. <laughs> the t- beginning of 2020 was for like two weeks. So, oh, yeah. Wow. What was I talking about? Cow's <laughs> milk and how bad it talking is. About how how cows weird. milk. Yeah, cow's milk, uh, get out. Oh, yeah, the other thing I was going to mention was that uh, Zoe Kravitz in the new Batman drinks a glass of milk because she's cat. She's Catwoman. Oh, and okay, okay. It's way better when she does it because she's Catwoman and she's Zoe Kravitz. And then a uh, couple a couple thoughts there. If Zoe Kravitz is looking for a new stepdad, I might, uh, any of us could be in the market because uh, her mother, Lisa Bonet, is uh, going to be divorcing 37-year-old Jason Momoa here pretty soon if they haven't already and Zoe Kravitz might be 33, but you could be her, uh, both her peer <laughs> and stepfather if, uh, for the right suitable suit, uh, suitor. So yeah, I thought for sure that Zoe Kravitz was like, when you started saying stepdad, I was like, is she like 17, 18? <laughs> no, she's 33. No, Jason her is 54 her, years old. Her, That's how that yeah. math works out. Yeah, and uh, Jason Momoa is 37. Uh, so unfortunately, their relationship is ending. But fortunately, that could mean the entrance of you into both Zoe Kravitz and Lisa Bonet's life. And maybe by extension, uh, Lenny Kravitz. So Jason Momoa? Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, probably not. I think he's probably going to be doing his own thing. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if he is going to be keeping in touch with his <laughs> estranged ex-stepdaughter. But uh, yeah, so saw Batman. And it was, uh, it was, I honestly, re- I, I really liked it. And, uh, that's good to hear. And I don't like a lot of, I'm kind of picky when it comes to movies and I don't like DC stuff very much. Like I liked it's this, all been bad, right? Yeah. The, so no. this, the, well, the second Christopher Nolan made a couple of good movies. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so after the Christopher Nolan ones, it's kind of been like, agreed. What are we doing here? 
Yeah. Uh, except for um, Suicide Squad 2 was oh. really good. The second one specifically. I didn't see the first because I heard it was terrible, but the second one was good. And I haven't seen Justice League and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't participate in whatever Aquaman is doing. I don't Speaking know. Speaking of Jason Momoa. Speaking of Jason Momoa. I don't know what, what that is and I don't care. And I, so I, I'm just like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go see Batman because, uh, I heard it's kind of more of like a, like a, it's almost, it's, it's, it's a detective film almost. It's like, yeah. it kind of feels okay. like a David Fincher like movie. Um, and it's like it's a film noir, like as a modern film noir, and it's a. Very, I thought it was very well done. And making a new superhero movie in like a film noir style was really cool. It rained a lot in the movie, as a film noir does, and mm-hmm. it like I, there was just it, the vibe was just cool. I liked it. It was very dark, like uh, literally, like everything was like shot at night. <laughs> it seems, or at least on a soundstage where they made it look like it was night. So yeah, big fan. I thought Robert Pattinson was great. I'm a big Robert Pattinson guy. I think he's I think he's a good actor. Um, I think it's funny how he thinks Stephanie Meyer is crazy. Um, I mean, yeah, well, join the club. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, I I I, I enjoyed it, and it was good. And it is long, so my hesitation was like, oh, man, do I want to go sit in a theater for three hours? And I didn't want to do that, but I did go do it. And I saw it in IMAX and it was, it was pleasing. So is it worth seeing an IMAX? I think so. I, I okay. honestly, hmm, I, it didn't, it didn't utilize the IMAX capabilities as much as the last IMAX movie I saw was, which was Dune. Mm, yeah. Dune and IMAX was like transcendent for me. Uh, and I, and if, if a movie is in IMAX, I'll usually try to see it in IMAX because I just like that. I think the sound, like, first of all, the sound is so loud that it like drowns out any like uh, talkers in the theater that might be annoying me. So like, you usually that's a that's a plus. But um, yeah, I uh, I thought it was great. Um, man, what else went up to? A lot of my like social stuff took place on the day of that game. But before the game, I did a nice little hike in the morning with a friend of mine. We went and hiked this trail at the top of it's up by Suncrest. Uh, I think it's called the, it might be called the Suncrest Trail. It's also called Alien Tower, but it starts up at the top of the point of the mountain between Draper and Alpine and Highland or whatever. And uh, you hike to this like weird metal structure that's out on top of this like this like uh, mountain out there. And you get this really cool views of all of Utah County all of salt lake county and when it's super clear you can see like up to ogden it's like Mm. just it's really awesome anyway did that only got snowed on like half the time um but yeah what uh what else Uh, i was i was gonna mention like the feng shui is incredibly off in my in this room that i'm in my office right now because uh they i the the people who built our house have to come do some work on this specific spot in this room. And I had to like move my whole, my shelving unit thing and like my desk and everything is just feeling a little off for me. So well, uh, it still looks okay. Thank you. I like, it probably looks the same. Yeah. It probably has moved over slightly. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, it's driving me, driving me a little bananas. I can feel the difference and I don't know mm-hmm. when they're going to come fix the what they need to fix so anyway so if i uh seem off <laughs> i guess that's it that and i'm drinking caffeine free chai rooibos tea right now mm. and it's delicious yeah it sounds very tasty 
Trevor, what have you been doing, man? Um, honestly, very little. I just want to defend myself real quick. If oh that's my. okay. I mean, again, Trevor, <laughs> this is not a democracy. I don't care. No, but, so uh, we'll allow it. Fine. <laughs> Maybe I won't. I Where's the defense? You guys don't care. Well, no, now, the, now it's the, awkward. Yeah, no, the defense is just about the milk thing. I I think <laughs> I know why I drink a lot of milk, and I think it makes sense uh-huh. because when I was a kid, I grew up in a family with seven brothers and sisters, yeah. and my parents couldn't or didn't want to afford buying enough milk for eight <laughs> children. Obviously, didn't want to afford is a hilarious way of saying just didn't want to buy. Yeah, well, because it, it's expensive. Like, it it is. makes sense. Yeah, no, it's yeah, a lot. And, so anyway, we had powdered milk as a kid. Oh yeah, powdered milk is the worst thing on the planet. Like the worst thing on the planet. Sounds good. Nope, it is the opposite of good. It's very very bad. I would mm. not recommend it even to my worst enemies. Wow. Um, but so we never like enjoyed milk. It was not a thing to enjoy until I moved out. And once I moved out, I was able to buy my own milk, and I bought whole milk, and was like, oh, this tastes delicious. This is good. This is way better than what I've been having for years. I love chewing on this whole milk, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, and I get no. You chewed on powdered milk. That was a problem. Yeah, because it's lumpy sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, I enjoyed having milk and enjoying milk, and it just became like a staple of my adult life, drinking and enjoying milk, because I wasn't able to for the first nineteen years of my life. Or yeah, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I don't know when I first started buying, but. Anyway, I think that's it. That's why I, I enjoy milk. But I understand that that makes me weird, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it does. Right. Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, look, I get it. I just don't get it at all. But anyway, <laughs> what that do makes you, sense. Uh, <laughs> just haven't done anything fun other than just been drinking milk, huh? Just, just hanging out. <laughs> just drinking uh, milk and coffee and working. Yeah, man. And drinking milk and coffee. No, I this last week has been um except for the rsl game um it's very much been like a kind of a try to catch up on sleep type week and so yeah i haven't been out and active and doing anything i did talk to my kid though we're starting this next weekend is our first like we're gonna go on a hike we're gonna start getting back into that stuff nice so we've like accumulated like a list of hikes that we're gonna do and we're gonna start doing more up in salt lake um and doing more stuff up there. So, we, yeah, I really haven't been doing much of anything at all worth noting, except for the RSL game, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I, We're I thinking mean, about We might get to it. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. At some point. Oh, I did. Um, I should say, after our last episode, uh, we did. I did have somebody reach out to me on Twitter about playing Counter-Strike. Oh. And so I played Counter-Strike, and I was very nice. bad, but they were very supportive. And Dude, that's cool. it was a lot of fun. Uh, good for so, you shout out to the dear listener yeah it was the guy that has my favorite favorite twitter username i'm i don't know if it means something else what's that is it the crossbar rsl is it it? is not that guy no that guy stopped responding to me recently um no his his twitter name and i want to make sure i get this right is ass wet and i'm (laughs) sure it's it means something else (laughs) But it's A-S-S-W-E-T, and then I think the number two, and he's my new favorite person on Twitter. Yeah. Ask what, too. It's very funny. It's very funny. 
Anyway, no. So shout out to him. He's a cool guy. That's it. That's my update. Go ahead, Matt. What, what, are, you, what are you up to? Uh, well, one, I'm I'm not drinking cow's milk. So, so I go. do have opinions on this. Uh, yeah. Cow's milk is great if you are like cooking, yeah, or yeah. baking, and if it calls for milk, like a nice full fat milk, perfect. Macaroni and cheese, I will only use either. Well, actually, it's just whatever happens to be in the fridge or. Honestly, I, I don't drink much cow's milk, so it's like almond milk in a carton from Costco that I keep downstairs. Yeah. Um, I Although I love cashew milk. Cashew. Not drink, though. I never drink it on its own. Interesting. No, anything other than cow's milk is not really good for drinking. I except mean, like I on, would also apply that to cow's milk. On very special occasions, mm. we'll do a little bit of half and half, but that's... Like drinking half and half? Yeah, mostly just like finish it off because I do when I get like during the summer we go to the farmers market and I always buy peaches, yeah, and I always do peaches and cream. That's okay, I mean, one that's of my good. favorite things, and I usually do that with half and half. And so when you get down to the rest of the half and half, and there's not enough for like another bowl or whatever, yeah, you just drink it, finish it yeah. off. Okay, okay, all right. This um, is crazy. How is that weird? Like, what else am I supposed to do with that? Whatever, man. <laughs> Put in coffee. Put the rest of it in a little, little coffee. Oh, I do do that occasionally. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I, I don't drink almond milk. There is they make like almond chocolate milk, which is really good. Um, but yeah, I don't have a glass of milk at all yeah. ever. So but, other than not drinking milk, uh, I've also been, doing, been watching. You've been doing something else other than exclusively not drinking milk. Yeah, that's uh, right. So we've been uh, watching another detective uh, television program. Oh, yes. Which one? Columbo. Oh, nice. nice. Like, I've I've watched a couple episodes here and there. There's a great one with Leonard Nimoy. Um, But we've been, we started at the beginning, and he's just such a great character. And, like, it's so aspirational for me. Because he comes in, and he acts kind of dumb, and knows everything going on all the time. From the beginning, and then tricks people into revealing things they shouldn't by just generally bumbling around. And it's just such a good trope. Um, other than Columbo, uh, I don't know that I have much. I mean, we did record on Wednesday, but it's Tuesday now. So, yeah, it's been a full, full fiver or yeah. six or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still, you know, I finally uh, got all 120 sh- shrines in Breath of the Wild again. Oh, you you did? You <laughs> got I did, all finally. Of them? Oh my. I know. It's a uh, momentous. That's awesome. That's um, really cool. So now I'm playing through the expansion content, which is is good and difficult. I, I'm not actually like so great hard. at games, but uh, yeah, I I did some of the expansion content. There's like is is that big tree place part of the extent the so like, there's some that is, yeah. The, the that was that was really hard for me. I think there was yeah. a point where I like, I think I might have just quit because yeah. it was so hard. But yeah, I get that. There's nothing wrong with being a quitter. <laughs> I don't care what anyone tells you. Um, and I guess listen to a lot of Democracy Now, which uh, oh I yeah, think highly recommended, right? Yeah, we love. I think this is a, pr- a pretty pretty staunchly uh, pro Amy Goodman podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're looking for world news and uh, you want something that's a little less exploitative and uh, focus a little more on important issues and less on the drama of it all. Yeah, yeah. Amy Goodman it. has been a, 
did she found the democracy now? She's been there forever. For I don't a long know. Time, yeah. I don't know how Let's it started out. really, but it is, it is like, as far as American news outlets go, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They had some just like, especially in the early days of or the, I mean, we're only like a, a couple weeks in, but just those first few days, like of the invasion, she had like really good mm-hmm. coverage and good, good people on that. I, I, uh, felt very, a lot more informed than just like watching, you know, the exploitative scenes. Yeah. But, and like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I've watched a lot of CNN and so, yeah. so, just I like mean, taking it in and, and getting the visual thing, I think is important sometimes. When you're trying I think to understand it is too. Movies, it can also just lead you down to, you know, in a, a doom spiral. So not always recommended. Yeah. I've heard of democracy now. I thought it was a podcast, but this is way bigger than a podcast. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. news outlet. The whole thing. Yeah. It's but they a do question. produce an hour long podcast and it's a perfect you know, consumption material. Oh, okay. Um, according to Wikipedia, they looks like they first started doing shows in 1996. Amy Goodman mm-hmm. has been hosting it since 1996. Nice. So yeah, probably answers that question. Yeah. She's great. Uh, just on, uh, as always, I, I, I can't think of it. There's been a couple of times where I was like, I might've disagreed with some stuff, but like, yeah, yeah overall they do, uh, they do good work. So, and uh, that's my social hour update. I feel like I'm missing something, but um, I don't know what it is. So I feel, yeah, I, f- I focused. I mean, seriously, Saturday just like wiped me out. So yeah. I've, I, uh, and I didn't really do anything Friday in preparation, sort of. But um, yeah, anyway, we, uh, we, I guess we could talk news and rumors if, if, if you're ready. Yeah. Uh, all right. Everyone ready for some rumors? Okay, wait, one last thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Last thing I forgot to mention, but I was reminded because I have this tea in a glass cup, uh, which I don't know why it's in glass. And my my last thing is I'm curious, do you guys have like a weird thing with glass, like touching <laughs> touching like a glass bowl or like a glass cup? Like I Are you talking like a sensation or yeah. are you talking like a, like a psychological no. like aversion well, to touching glass? It's not it's it's I don't think it's well, it's probably some layer of psychological, but like it's for me lately, it's been like like nails on a chalkboard type thing. Oh. Where if there's like an empty glass and I'm like unloading the dishwasher, I don't know if it's like a squeaky thing. That's I don't know what the deal is, but like I'm I get like full body chills dealing with glassware lately. Like glass so is it just glass or glass on its own? Just glass on its own, like holding. Well, just like touching, holding, or is it like that you make noise with it, or that it? It's like, and, and it's like the noise or the the. I can't tell. In my body, might also be like assume, like feel. associating it with a noise I'm expecting to hear, but it's like, like oh, for know. example, <laughs> uh, it's like yeah, it's chalkboard for real. Like I, I, we make a lot of popcorn in this house, and I have like oh, a very yeah. good like movie theater popcorn recipe that I, I really like that okay. I've been making. Before we go too far, like, what's your preferred popcorn popping method? We have a uh, we have like one of those like Bambino popcorn popping machines because it's cute oh. and it's fun. So you so do like we, have, we this is a stupid way to say it, but you do popcorn from scratch. Yeah, like we get okay. like we get kernels or whatever, yeah. and we do you do like the flavored this, salts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's this company called Franklin's Gourmet Popcorn, and they make mm-hmm. this um, like butter flavored coconut oil. 
instead of oh, like okay. using actual butter. And so it's like a little bit healthier, but it's like it's butter flavored coconut oil. And so that's what I use for um for like the oil in the in the little uh thing where you put the kernels. And then I they also make like a butter flavor butter flavoring salt and all of this stuff is is no dairy also which is important to me so no milk in any of this stuff it's all like vegan or whatever so that's great um uh, yeah i'm a whirly pop guy nice okay my wife is a whirly pop person and i loved my air popper but Turns out we didn't need two methods of popping pop. (laughs) Um, but uh I don't you probably can't do ghee. Yeah, because it is clarified butter. But uh, yes, I love popping popcorn and ghee. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I've I've definitely heard that. So you can get like a almost powdered fried garlic from like Asian markets, and it is perfect on popcorn. So that's my contribution. Interesting. Okay. Um a 30 ounce thing of butter flavored coconut oil for 25 bucks. Yeah. And it Franklin's lasts popcorn. forever. Like I've, I've had it for a very long time and I just bought a new one the other day, but I mean, I'm curious. Can you like cook food in that? I don't know. That kind of sounds Is that just not, like a butter replacement. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't use it as a, butter. I don't know. Actually, I, I, I don't know, but it does. It's like, I've got like a very like movie theater, like, situation going on fine popcorn and it's great yeah so anyway so we've been making a lot of popcorn and like i usually like you put it in like we we have this like nice little like wood bowl that i i put it in which i really like but sometimes like i have to use a glass like a glass bowl for the popcorn and this last time like the squeakiness of the popcorn like against the glass was like driving me nuts like that so much i did just like dump it i did just find it another situation even though the bowl was a perfect size but it was glass i don't know i think I'm, i've got something weird with glass don't know what mm. that's about but felt like i needed to <laughs> say it on this podcast yeah, if so, anyone listening also has a weird glass thing yeah very be, curious it up, it, that'd be great it is a very like chalkboard like sensation where it's like uh, it just feels weird anyway i always think it's very pleasant to hold glass I, but it's, yeah, it's I don't like, have any problem with it. That's, I love maybe, it. Maybe, maybe it's like low quality glass. I don't like not, I don't know. It, it's weird because what else is glass in here? I don't know. I'll get back to you. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's like, is it, well, no, it would be like wet glass because you did it with like popcorn in it. Yeah. You're talking about like dishwasher and I'm thinking like covered in like water. Like, now, maybe that's got a, something with maybe, it. Maybe it's like, resident from like soap or something oh maybe um i i don't know anyway so news and rumors i I hope you're both ready for a scintillating news and rumors segment yeah let's go this is gonna be intense and exciting all right i'm i'm prepared to deliver updates on uh saverino quay quayar julio and sosedo let's go let's start with saverino what's the update on saverino there is no update okay Surely okay. there's some for the others, though. Moving on, what about Quayar? Uh, I, well, okay, so there's no update, but he is still playing regularly. Uh, and some, I don't remember which team Al Halal played today, but some opposition fans thought he should have been sent off. Oh, so there's that. That sounds like the kind of player we need on our team. That sounds like kind of something that people would always say about a certain Kyle Beckerman type player we had named Kyle Beckerman. 
Yeah, or Everton Louise, who uh, literally murdered a guy in the field. Yeah. That's right. Wait, I mean, literally, literally banned from MLS for life. Yeah. I think. For I think. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Anderson Julio. Uh, I guess there is an update there, and uh, none of it has to do with Real Salt Lake. Um, of course, he's still rumored to be coming to Real Salt Lake, and that they're in discussions with him. Um, but the news is that he's been called up for Ecuador, despite never playing for his club. Uh, well, that's a good player. If you cannot play for your club team, but play for your national team, that's a good sign. Yeah, it's a little confusing because he didn't get called up when he was here playing and scoring goals. Uh, but now that he's in Mexico, he got called up despite <laughs> not playing for Atletico San Luis. So, um, yeah, who knows? Do you want an update on Saucedo? Yes. Uh, Bofo Saucedo, the former Real Salt Lake homegrown player. Yes. Yeah, let's get an update. There is none. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Cool. So uh, there's your news and rumors. Uh, a pretty quiet week all around. Um, and uh, we'll we'll get to more news-ish stuff uh, when we talk about the New England match uh, because we've got a few players out still. Yeah. Which is great. That's, that's good. Nice. Uh, so nice, I guess nice, it's, nice. Guess it's time to turn our attention to Saturday's match, uh, Real Salt Lake against Seattle Sounders. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a, we, it was a we great won. day. Well, so I had a question before we get too sure. deep into it. Um, is that a, was it a snow game or a lightning game? Well, first. Or was it both? Well, we should talk about the pregame situation. Oh, oh first. Yeah, because yeah, this thing started like two hours before the yeah, game. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we were there. Oh, there we was there a very early. important part of this. And we were there early, and one of the most important things, as we confirmed earlier through a uh, club source, is that the La Fagata taco truck is now in the uh, the supporters' tailgate lot on the north end of the stadium. And it was great. I had Incredible. I had my favorite. Yeah, I had my favorite tacos. Uh, said hi to the woman who runs runs the place she's very nice i just love seeing her every time um yeah great great tacos and and just like in general the whole like uh supporters like tailgating thing that day was was very good very good vibes um shout out to lucas for running the photo booth with uh both a polaroid camera and digital camera he was doing double which is pretty fun um we got our photos taken and it was, it was, it was very nice. So yeah. We're going to start sending them out on po- postcards with a little QR code so you can subscribe to the podcast. That's so if you'd idea. like to send them out to uh, your enemies, let us know. Can we, do, can we just do like a direct mailer? Yeah, we should. Ooh. Yeah. This we're going to revolutionize podcast marketing. It'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was great. And, um, just like uh, everything the club was doing, like like uh, the whole game day presentation stuff was 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 great. I thought like uh, like the club was was involved in like like what was going on in the tailgating lot. Like the stadium looks great right now. Also, they did a bunch of like um, different like cosmetic upgrades, which interestingly like that was just never done. Like super easy stuff. Like yeah like murals and that kind of thing like just like, like covering up gray walls with like rsl stuff yeah like it looks so much better and it was like 
it uh like the RSL show guys were talking about this too, but it was like like Deloitte would always talk about doing like weird like TVs and bathrooms kind of thing. I still and can't believe that never happened. Yeah, I mean, and it like can, but he I mean, yeah, it can several times, and it's and it should be pretty simple. But like, there's so many of those little things that he just like didn't seem to care about, and like all of that is is just makes it look so much better, and they have done so much of it. So, I mean, they, it doesn't they, affect sale price, right? Nope. No, not at all. Which clearly was always his strategy. I don't know yeah. why certain players at the club decided to deny that, but yeah, exactly. Glad that Andy Carroll's gone. Yeah, so uh stadium looked great. Uh and there is uh more to come, is my understanding. They're yeah. not like completely done with all their updates and murals and stuff and you know, right. all the other different things. Because there's besides that, they also had um all the flags. They had like three hundred flags that are just uh-huh. like free to distribute. Fans mm-hmm. can go grab them and take them and wave them and put them back at the end of the game. And yeah. Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of things that they're working on, just little things like that that I think will be updated like throughout the season. And yeah, we'll see more, awesome. more little things. Yeah, big big fan of all of those little things because they do make a big difference. And like, yeah, that's right. Like those flags, awesome. So yeah, like the whole vibe, like that whole uh, pregame thing was was just it was great. Um, but I guess the the thing that was kind of it wasn't certainly it wasn't overshadowing it. But one thing that we were kind of just waiting for was. The club uh, doing a something for Albert Rusnak, uh, welcoming his return back to Rio Tinto Stadium on our first I, home game. I heard they were honoring him. There was there were mixed reports about whether it <laughs> was considered an honor or if <laughs> it was less than that. Um, and. I uh, I think we were all in pretty much agreement that it was pretty silly, like and unnecessary, uh, and like why? I mean, Kinda. yeah, and, yeah, and I, even if we should for sure, at, like I think it was clear that uh, fan response was not entirely positive, and I think predictably so. And yeah. that's the thing that puzzled me is that uh, it never felt like an understanding was met about why people would feel negatively about it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, it, keep going, it seemed Trev. like, um, yeah, it really, I think just the whole thing just got like overblown. I don't think the club was ever planning on it being like a big, huge deal. And like, well, I, I think that's so RSL show pointed this out as well. But like, the, like when Tom Hackett released his article, they were planning on doing like a, framed jersey presentation and all this stuff meaning that like someone at the club had told him that's what they were going to do and 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 like a video thing so i think they dialed it back quite a bit because i don't think that that happened yeah and i know that um yeah it seemed like it was dialed back but again i still think the whole thing was blown even with what that would have been when they would have done it Originally, they were planning on doing it like as players came off for warmups, and it ended up they did it before players came out for warmups, which I think is part of the dialing it back. I think they kind of knew that there would be less people in the stands yeah. when they did that. I mean, there are probably a thousand people in the stadium at the time, right? Give or take, yeah. So, like, yeah, I think they definitely did dial it back, and I think they definitely did that in part to respond to all the negativity. But sure. at the same time, I think a lot of the negativity was 
overblown for what it was. Really, all it was was them just being like, hey, this guy was our captain. He played a lot of games, scored a lot of goals. Thanks, pal. And, and moved on. Yeah, you know it sounds like they shouldn't with... have said anything, man. Yeah, you know who agreed with us that it was weird, though? Was one Matt Doyle. Yeah. Uh, famous Real Salt Lake diehard MLS reporter fan. guy. <laughs> I mean, he does actually probably produce the best national coverage on RSL. Yeah. Outside of what Sam Stachel does, but Sam yeah, is usually yeah, focused more on hard news, so. Yeah, not on analysis. Yeah, and Matt's kind of always been like that for like yeah. a long time for whatever reason. Matt's always why. been like secretly really high on RSL and like secretly loves RSL a lot. I think he was a big Jason Christ guy oh, yeah. uh, at the time, and then yeah. has kind of just, <clears throat> I mean, just has that interest ever since. But yeah, so um, kind yeah, kind of overblown, but like. You know, Matt Doyle also like said something about how I mean, like fans in the stadium definitely uh, it seemed like felt a certain way, and the yeah. boo- the boos every time Albert got the ball, and when he was warming up too, like Andy put a video together <clears throat> showing like when he was warming up, people were booing when he was like just taking a shot, yeah, in warm up. So it's like you have to like wonder why people. I mean, you don't have to wonder, but like, it's probably worth looking into why people felt that way. And I, I don't think this, this doesn't happen with like any, any player that leaves RSL. Right. So like th- there was a, con- there was concern. It's like, oh, people like players pay attention to that kind of thing, but it's like, you know, <clears throat> and it, 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 it's all dependent on the circumstances in which a player leaves. And it's also if Albert's like hype intro hype video for Seattle doesn't like explicitly make like he, it, Albert said a lot of things, a lot of sloppy things, whether yeah. he meant them in the way that it came across or not, that like, of course, fans like don't feel very great about him now. Like him, like people downplaying his significance here uh, <clears throat> is one thing and isn't really tied to his personality, I think, but it might be a little bit. But um, him leaving and then, you know, saying like, you know, I wanted to play like the brightest lights, the biggest stage for the best fans. Simply it had to be Seattle or whatever. <laughs> and then and like later, uh. he said something else this week. I can't remember what it was like. Um, oh, you like I, I must have been doing something right at RSL for a team like Seattle to notice me. There's like things like that where it's like, yeah, like fans should be booing that kind of thing. And like yeah. I like, yeah whether they're overblown about like the like the Sarah the not the not honoring not ceremony thing whether that's overblown is one thing but like for fans to passionately react against somebody who's like who's slighted them like that you can't really slice it any other way like it's it's it was I mean, kind of it's a diss to rsl fans you you want fans that react that way right yeah you don't want fans who don't care yeah exactly I think we're probably all in agreement, so we're definitely like a pro booing podcast. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. I didn't, I didn't boo him from the press box, but like, I I don't, and I don't know, and I didn't really feel super passionately like if I if I were in the crowd booing him, but I was just like, yeah, like people should absolutely if they feel like, yeah, like there's there's nothing wrong with booing a player, and it's booing. It's not even like it's not. That's the thing. Like, you're a professional athlete. Like, you're getting paid a lot of money to try to entertain fans by playing a sport and if you do badly or whether you like if you do well people are going to cheer and if you do badly or do bad things or mistreat people like you're going to get booed and like there are people 
on RSL and not on RSL who like build careers or portions of their career out of like being a villain. And some players love it and some players don't. It's whatever. You can boo and there's nothing wrong with booing, especially a guy like Albert. Yeah. Um, The only other thing I'd add to like what you said, Kyle, is the stuff that he said when he went to Seattle. I think it may have been scripted by Seattle. Yeah, it might have been. Just like part of it. And that's fine. That's all. That's part of sports. Like if Seattle knows that they can get him to say some things that are kind of digs at RSL, go for it. Like that's exactly what you want to do. Like building a rivalry, especially when you're like, we just signed, we just made the best free agent signing in the league this off season. We're going to rub it into RSL's face. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Perfect. Go for it. And then like, you know, uh, people were bringing up the fact that like, I don't know who show Justin Miram went on to kind of like talk about how he felt like it was disrespectful. I or that was Spence check it. If, uh, yeah, so he was on the, yeah, he was on the drive talking about how it was disrespectful. It's like Justin Miram is not a fan of Real Salt Lake. <laughs> like he is a player on this team and I'm sure he likes the guys that he works with and he like, uh, he probably is taking some pride in representing this club, but it's like, like it's like those shirts that like the RSL show guys made like the here before hereafter like people here are like fans of this club and like will take things personally at, on like behalf of the club so from what from like Albert's like compatriot or like his uh you know colleague former coworker former coworker like his perspective is obviously going to be different. So he's not like the arbiter of like how a fan should feel because obviously he doesn't want to be booed, but like, no, but also it's, it's weird coming from him because he's like made himself a villain to the Orlando fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, he, he's not unfamiliar with being booed and exactly. he's not also never like shied away from it. Like every time he went back to Orlando, like after he played there and all the fans booed him, scored a couple goals and yeah. he loved it and exactly. he rubbed it in on Twitter later like this exactly. is the interaction between players and fans and like it's fine if you get and booed then, and this is how yeah this is how sports are like that's that's yeah. what being like I saw this also recently with like uh Jordan Clarkson like kind of getting worked up on Twitter about like uh Andy Larson saying he was awful during like one of the games. Oh, I didn't Did see that. Jordan get mad about that? I thought it was just like fans that got well, mad about fans that. Fans got mad too, but Jordan responded, so it brought a lot oh, of attention oh, to it. Geez. And he responded in kind of like a, you know, kind of killing him with kindness type of type of way, but like in a way that's like if you're responding then it obviously got to you. People yeah. are like, "Oh, well how how would you feel if you uh, you know, we're under like this much scrutiny your job. And I'm like, that's kind of what comes along with making like that's hundreds the job. of millions of dollars. Like that's I, the job. I, that is, that is literally your, your the job, job is to go on TV and do your best. And when sometimes pe- you won't do your best. Yeah. And it's like when people are paying their money to watch you do something. And like, if you like you, you're going to be under criticism. That's why you make so much money also. It's like, and so I, I, I just don't really like, like trying to police fan behavior and like fans getting mad at other fans for certain things like that. I'm just like people, people are going to feel the way they feel. And if like all with, if it's all within reason and like, it's not crossing any lines, like booing certainly is not like, yeah, not even, it doesn't, right. Yeah, not at all. And so like, I, um, you know, was totally 
I, I don't know if people were like surprised by that, but like I certainly wasn't surprised. And it's certainly not just like a vocal Twitter minority or whatever who doesn't, yeah. who gets mad at like that type of thing. Like, I don't like just a lot of average fans do like just hear these little snippets and like maybe even get less nuance and just hear like, oh yeah, Albert said this about fans. It's like, oh, I'm going to boo that guy then because <laughs> like, and you know whether it was written by Seattle or not like whether you know if Albert doesn't want that to happen then he needs to have like his PR side of the house like under more control to where uh if he's like if I get booed in Salt Lake it's gonna affect me mentally this much then it's like you better do whatever it takes to not do that then because well and and he did uh in more candid comments in a press conference after his first training or whenever whatever it was uh basically said that he did what he could at at RSL uh so that he could be picked up by a team like Seattle. Well yeah. and, and, and he, that he was candid. That, so he said that day one when he came to RSL two, not in yeah. those words, but he said like this is a stepping stone. I want to move on to bigger and better teams. Yeah. So like yeah. we all knew what we were getting with Albert when we got so I thought he was a lifer and like the captain's <laughs> arm meant so much to him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it did. No, like the only, the other side of it is going back to like the whole honoring thing in the first place. Um, the club has said like, they're, they're going to do this more often. The whole reason that they're doing this is not because they think Albert Rusnak specifically and only deserves yeah. recognition. Yeah. They want to start treating players better. They want to, with this new ownership, they have the freedom to start doing these kinds of things to appreciate players and appreciate fans more. This is one of the things that people at the club have suggested doing sure. and wanted to do and, and do more things. Even if all it is is just like a tweet in the past, they haven't been able to do that. They brought the idea forth and they've been shut down. Yeah. So when players like Alvaro Sabario get traded away, they don't really get to do anything for the club's leading goal scorer. And that left a lot of people at the front office feeling sour about it. Yeah. And, well, and that was to a, do that. That was a weird situation too. Yeah. Well, and that's not the only one that's been weird, right? Like yeah. we had Joel Plata leave under kind of weird circumstances. Oh, I and don't he was a what very important player for this club for a very long time. Yeah. So like not being able to do that. Now they're able to do that, to do a lot of those things. It It's not going to be the first time that they're going to have a player that, played for a long time with this club that they're going to appreciate or a homegrown player that is left that they're going to do something for. And like, they're not putting their name in the rafters. They're not yeah. putting their name on the bill. They're just, you know, saying thanks. And that's where like the player recognition, like players like that kind of thing. Sure. That's where that does matter. Yeah, you know it does. I mean? And, and I don't like little things saying thanks for your service. Like that stuff I'm told goes pretty far in players books. So yeah. go for it. Like, the timing of it being Albert and Albert being the first one and it being the home opener mm -hmm. right after all that. Yeah. Like there's going to be booze and club obviously was a little bit prepared for that with dialing it back a little bit, but the idea is good and I like it. I'm supportive sure. of it. The Albert Rusnak execution of it. A little weird. Over. <laughs> yeah. Keep doing it. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to it at all. So uh, here's yeah. a weird thing. Um, that I just realized looking online. Um, we started podcasting and then uh, Joe Alplata left Real Salt Lake. So I wonder if maybe um, we did maybe that. We had something to do with that. Yeah. Maybe we bear some wow. responsibility and should issue a public apology. We might. 
<sighs> man, that's if, that's if way too bad. If we had anything to do with that, we, I mean, it would be sort we, of amazing. We profusely apologize because we should have expressed our love for Draw Plata more fervently and more often than we did. We yeah, should not he, have had he, anything he to do a, with that. He was another guy that kind of just was part of like the like pet key purgatory. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, pet key kind of ruined it yeah and yeah like as you're saying like i I mean if we see this with other players moving forward um like that's cool i albert might be the only one i can think of that it would be get that would that gets booed yeah (laughs) yeah and like albert did that yeah exactly that's not like exactly he agreed to say and do those things and he is who he is exactly Albert earned it. Like again, good on the club for doing what they did. Like that's the right move, but Albert's the one that got booed because Albert earned the booze. Like, yeah, it's not a poor reflection on the club or the idea or anything. It's just, yes, Albert. It's a little yeah. weird that he was the first one and he got booed. Yeah. Like we've boo had, everybody like we've had other players leave that haven't made like weird, <laughs> like passive aggressive comments. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, Yeah. I mean, like it's 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 I like you have to know that players, especially if you're moving interleague and to like a conference rival, like that's like Virtue was talking about that, like in the ooh, Netherlands. Ooh. Uh, uh, hearty congratulations to yeah. Virtue as well, who uh, absolutely his uh, recent wedding, yeah. recent marriage, his on, uh, his uh, secret elopement. I love it. We'd love yeah. to see it. Um, right. Sorry, back to the. No, program. you're good. Like, like, just like, I mean, that's just you're gonna catch hell for that. Like, and and if this is very mild to let for like a captain of a team to like leave over a contract dispute, uh, and then like go to a rival club and make comments like that, like he would get completely thrashed anywhere. So yeah, and like to much much of a higher degree in most instances. So. Yeah, like t- like people love this club and are passionate about this club, so like that's gonna happen and that should happen. So anyway, all right. So uh, a few other things from Seattle before we move on to New England. Uh, first, uh, Jasper Leffelson played a good ten minutes. I thought he looked okay. Cool. But I'm curious, uh, is he ahead of Joni Menendez now? Wait, we didn't even answer the, the original question. Was yeah, this Matt a, asked a question snow, and then we just kind of skipped over it. A game or a lightning game? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I <laughs> it was insane because so we were at the 42nd <laughs> minute of the game and then it, uh, it gets called off for lightning and then the rule is every time there's a lightning strike within uh, eight miles, that's resets the clock to another 30 minutes until we can get going again, which took uh, two and a half hours essentially. Um, And so I guess we can talk through the weather stuff first, then we'll go through the game, I guess, because during that time, like it it was still like pretty nice ish weather outside. And I was like, uh, I was I was in control of the RSL soapbox Twitter account and I was tweeting through it thinking we were just gonna, it wasn't gonna be that long. Uh, but it was, it was very long and, uh, I saw a bunch of people leaving and I was like, Oh man, you guys are, you guys are leaving too early. And then it got cold and it got like, um, problematically cold. And 
uh, like it was hail and then it was it was rain and then hail. It was like hail and then rain and then snow. And uh, a lot most people left, which I was initially very against. But then once I determined how cold it was, I was like, oh, this is like people should definitely be leaving. (laughs) And uh, they did. So most people left. But, um, you know, the the first I mean, the game. Just overall, how do you guys feel about the the first half? So like we 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 played forty three minutes, came back two and a half hours later, played two minutes, did a five minute halftime, and then did the second half. But um, RSL appeared to be playing a three four three, kind of with a with a bucket in the midfield, and then uh, three attackers. We had uh, Bobby in the in the playing center forward role. We had Chang as a right wing, I think, or. He was kind of all over the place a little bit. Yeah, and then definitely we had, like more focused on the right. Yeah, yeah, and then we had on the left wing, but playing a more forward advanced position was Justin Miram. Um, and then Tate Schmidt to his left, playing that like left mid role. Brody on the right, Scott Caldwell and Pablo in the middle. Uh, then our normal, I think, back three right now, which is Glad Holt and uh, Marcelo Silva, who was wearing the captain's armband, who... Uh, I Captain Marcelo is I like Captain Marcelo. Yeah, I do too. Nope, and the interesting the thing for me is that Justin Glad was vice captain last year. Yeah. Uh and but it's clear that Marcelo is second up behind uh Demir. Uh and yeah. it, it it's an interesting thing because it it's uh I don't know, maybe it's not that interesting, but Justin Glad doesn't appear to be in the running for captaincy and and at this point, one would have to suspect that maybe that's his choice. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. But I thought Justin Glad uh, played well and played well in the game before that. So I don't know. Can I, can I just go on the record again? Please. I don't want to step on your toes here, Matt. But No, step on him. It doesn't matter. I honestly I like I think it matters a little bit. I, yeah. I, know, I know that this is just me personally. I'm not yeah. trying to like sway anybody here. I honestly get so bored of the captaincy thing, especially after what happened with Albert and especially what happened with like Demir's like, Oh, it should be Albert. It shouldn't be me. And like everybody wanting it to be Demir and like, (laughs) it doesn't matter guys. Like it's completely symbolic. It is not worthy of like in-depth analysis. Who is the captain and who's the vice captain and what that actually means for the locker room. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're, they're I appreciate that some dynamics. people love it, and that's fine. But so here's my take on why it matters a little bit, not a lot. Go ahead. Um, but it it's because it's a very public leadership role, right? Um, and when a player is either taken out of that because they play for Arsenal and turned into a terrible captain, and <laughs> why I don't know why that keeps happening, but it has. <laughs> um, or you know, so it's either that or like they aren't interested in that sort of role that's interesting to me because that's a like an interpersonal dynamic and a like a personality choice mm-hmm. yeah. that i think is really interesting and tells us something about these players does it affect the game not particularly does it yeah. affect the locker room also again probably not particularly other than giving us an insight into those players yeah uh, now of course some players will see the armband symbolically and that I think is important to think about too. Is if the player sees the armband as a and as an important symbol, like how does that change their behavior? 
And we've well, seen that. We thought, I mean, that's why they gave the armband to Rusnak, right? Yeah. Thinking they could get more out of him and learning yeah. that, like, I think that's a, a weird way to use it. Um, and clearly it, Rusnak scored a bunch of goals and notched a bunch of assists. Um, but did it change him fundamentally? I don't think so. Did it change no, his interaction and- with the fans? No, not at all. Which, uh, just to pedal backward a little bit, Albert Rusnak never really endeared himself to fans. No. Ever, right? He waved. Right. He's, you know, winked at people. That was it. He never occasionally went out of his had way. a good soundbite post-game yeah. or at halftime. Yeah. But. It was under no obligation to be, like, super charismatic. No, um, and, and that's that's and the thing. Let's is, not say he did bad things here, uh, but he wasn't like a public-facing fan figure. This, you know, the way Krylik immediately was, right? Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Is like there are. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. There are like symbolic reasons to give somebody the the captain's armband, um, and there are like public-facing reasons to give him the armband. Yeah. Like the reason that Kyle had the armband was because everybody knew Kyle and he was obviously the leader of the team. Yeah. Like everybody respect on the team, respected Kyle, knew Kyle, listened to Kyle. Like I get that. I guess what really rubbed me the wrong way was when, like you said, the club gave it to Rusnak to like try to motivate him. And I don't know if that motivates players or not. I know some players probably respond better to like being a captain than others or, or like take it more seriously than others. Um, but yeah, just the whole, there, the whole thing often is just really nothing, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like the captain is something that's probably decided by the players or the coach and they've got their own reasons and that's fine. And I, I don't think it just going like more deep than that into the, the psychoanalysis of who and why they're the captain is Oh yeah, I'm yeah. over it after the whole Rusnak situation. I'm I'm over it. When you mentioned like symbolically, I wanted to bring up um, just as a side note, like AC Milan uh, for years, the like rule with the club, like historically, was that it's the just the player with the most appearances for the team mm-hmm. wore the captain's armband, and that changed like five or ten years ago or something like that. Some coach yeah. came in and had a better idea. Um, but I like that idea. It makes sense. It's the guy that, you know, is there that has been there the longest and like knows what it means to play for that club or, or whatever. And so the captain's armband, depending on who was playing, might have been different people throughout the season. Yeah. And so like there was that kind of idea with it. And and I like that idea. I like the idea of having one solitary captain, a guy that you know is going to be there week in and out, like Kyle. Um and, and I like the idea of it being the person that's there the longest i just think yeah i don't want to keep repeating myself but like going super deep into does it motivate this player is this player really the right choice or are they the, is it this better for the locker room like whatever yeah it, it's of course also worth remembering i think that there's one important on-field role and that's kind of the designated referee interactor that can go yeah. up and confront the referee without getting a yellow card and for marcelo that's uh probably really valuable um, probably helps because otherwise um you know he, he's got himself <laughs> sent off a couple times yeah all right so uh jasper leffelson uh now ahead of johnny menendez is is, is he so like, is, is that is the position that he's coming on for he was subbed on for hold on i'm looking michael at michael chang michael chang yeah okay well that and answers our question played that same role he didn't like drop deeper 
Uh, he no, yeah, he, he played he played right. right wing. Yeah, he played so I, uh, an advanced right winger, and it wasn't like a right midfielder. He was playing right wing in like a, what would look like a front right wing in a four three three essentially. Yeah, uh, which um, that that's got to spell disaster for Joni Menendez at this point, right? Either he's not fit to play in an important match, which would be bad. I don't know that that's the case. <laughs> we haven't heard if that's the case. Um, well, we're not going to, so. Or he's so lowly rated uh, that our 24-year-old third-round draft pick uh, who went to, was it Pitt, uh, is now yeah. ahead of him, like instantly coming into the season. Signing well, an emergency player so that we didn't have to play Joni Menendez. Emergency. The, my curiosity is he replaced Brody in the first game against Houston. Mm-hmm. Brody plays a different role than Chang, right? So, and I, I, I know this hasn't been nailed down, but I, I thought Liffelson was like a, a, an outside back type player. So the Brody thing made sense, but now he him was subbing on for Chang. He was a is def- he an attacking uh, player. He was a defender in college. He was, yeah. I think, an outside back in college. We have him listed as a midfielder, uh, but Chang is also uh, listed as a midfielder, and yeah. but he is playing a forward position, I think for the most part. So I don't, I, so I tweeted that I said, Loffelson's coming in for whoever it was. And I don't know if that means we're shifting to be more defensively yet, because it was like in the, it was within, I think it was after the 80th minute or it was, it was pretty close to it. I was like, I don't know if this is where we're packing it in now, or if this is like, I don't know what we're doing here. And it turned out that we were not going more defensively in that moment. Like he was coming in as, as an attacking sub. Yeah. yeah. So I do not know. And I, that seemed like the Joni Menendez sub because Cordova came in before, which is obviously an attacking sub. And it's like, okay, usually jo- Joni Menendez comes in next. And instead it's, it's Jasper Loffelson who was not on this roster a, a week and a half ago. So Signed on February 27th to Real yeah. Salt Lake. So that was nuts <laughs> to me. <Yeah. laughs> this whole Luffelson thing, like, honestly, I, I don't know what to make of it at all. Same. In relation to anything on this team. Um, I It's probably just too early in the season. It's Sure. I mean, we've definitely got 32 games left, so it's definitely, like, possible that these are the only times we ever see him because maybe yeah. Johnny Menendez is nursing something and that's why he's not playing. Hello, Who knows? <laughs> but no, you're, you're right. It, it, I think it does spell goofy things for Menendez and Menendez being as highly touted a signing as he is and clearly a player with talent and skill. Yeah. And on mess- a Cam contract. Yeah. Like it's crazy that he's not playing and I, I want more answers as to why he's not playing better answers yeah because we i don't do we have have we has anybody asked that question has anybody talked about it is it a conversation that's happening i know among fans people are wondering why but has anybody i don't, I, I don't think they've Pablo? been asked directly that i, I know of yeah i haven't heard it in an interview yet but uh, all right well somebody should get on that if only we had access to people who could ask these kinds of questions i mean if you can get me out of all my meetings and uh i could start <laughs> doing these but yeah I, it's important i'm at these meetings so <sighs> It is, yeah. I, I've, I've definitely got some like confusion around that. It's, it's really, yeah. Anyway, so, so let's take Menendez out of the equation. What did you think of the ten minutes of, of Leffelsund? 
I didn't get much out of it. I I, I thought he looks fine. Yeah, yeah he, I did too. He, he didn't he didn't like super impress, but he didn't like you he know. was qu- like he was quick. Was he uh, yeah, I I I I don't think he looks out of place any more than like Tate Schmidt, for instance. Like yeah. he looked. I mean, agree. And to and to be clear, like Tate Schmidt's had uh, I thought he had a, uh, a really good game against Seattle. Um, so yeah, I, like I don't think he looks out of place really. Uh, <laughs> it's just I'm just confused by yeah. the, it still. But I, you know, yeah. I mean, I I thought the same thing. I watched I rewatched the game over the last uh, two days, and it was really interesting to see him come on and and fit in. And I would not have expected that. Yeah, and like his his career trajectory is so weird, right? Like he he grew up in Köln, Germany, uh, played in uh, like a developmental team in Germany, like fourth or fifth division or something like that. Uh, went to Pitt, and now is in MLS. Yeah, like that that trajectory is it's unusual. His high school, this is great. The Dietrich Bonha- Bonhefer gymnasium nice or however you say gymnasium in german i guess sounds probably yeah pretty close to that (laughs) i would try but i don't i don't want to embarrass myself yeah no i i I, uh yeah he he was he he was he was fine i i i'm way more concerned about the fact that joni just does not appear to be in the plans at all and in a game in which demir Krylock is out hurt and it seemed like we would need a 10 which and and honestly, like I, I mean, we'll get there in a sec when we talk about what we can glean from this game. I, like I still think Joni could have been valuable in like a central position, but like we clearly were pretty uh, committed to uh, the formation that we ended up putting out there, which worked. So yeah, can, can we talk about? Well, let me talk about the formation just a little bit because I think there's one thing we harped on all last season that it looks like we're going to keep seeing this season. And so far, I like it a lot more than I did last season. And that's the three-man back line. You and know, I honestly think the biggest difference is that we moved Holt out of the middle. And yes. he's now on the right. And we're not at all interested in sending Silva or Holt forward. They're just staying basically as like a three-man back line. Yeah, if one of them goes forward, it's usually just to like man-mark Holt, their this a little bit, person. yeah. But they're not carrying the ball forward and like getting involved in the offense. They're not playing a right huge, wing center gap. back, which brings up a huge question: Is like where is Aaron Herrera going to play? Uh, right I think back. he just, I think he just straight <laughs> swap for Brody. I mean, that that's has the one that to be the, the answer. Sense, I we cannot go back to Aaron Herrera playing right center back. Like no. we cannot do that. So it's especially worth remembering I mean, that he asked to be moved into that position. Yeah, I know. Um, and I well, don't okay, but it was different. It was different. Don't say yes to that. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to look at the catalog of last year's games and be like, "Okay, buddy, this doesn't work." So the answer is no. We're gonna put you somewhere else, and it will work better. I promise. You won't get seventeen thousand assists, but it'll work better for the team. Yeah, if we have three center backs that play center back. Yeah. Okay. Like, so. It's been two games, but it's looked miles better than last year already. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's that's and, definitely and true. Maybe that is only two games, and maybe there's definitely still room for them to mess it all up. But we haven't conceded yet, and which is obviously good. So yeah, I mean, we also haven't given up like a hundred chances. Like it's yeah. not like the goalkeeper standing on his head. Like we're 
shutting it down. And again, it's like a second choice. It's Houston and a second choice Seattle. So maybe let's relax a little bit, but right. It was working. It's been working. Yeah. Uh, that should be noted. The big difference for me is that we're not playing Justin Mirman, Michael Chang at the, like the wide player roles. Yeah. They're, they're like, playing they're actually playing wingers, now. which rules. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and like defensively minded, like you could call them realistically wingbacks. I think they're probably, I think Kyle's right. They're probably playing a little bit more of a midfield role. Um, yeah. But you know, they're, they're very close to wingbacks. And that makes so much more sense in this formation. The three four three is way better. Yeah, uh, but than the whatever three five we were two doing. with Justin Miram as your left wing yeah. defensive player, no, nonsensical. No, 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 no. Like it doesn't. Anyway, I shouldn't get heated about last season uh, because it isn't <laughs> yeah, we got heated enough about it all last year. So yeah, yeah having, as, as, having as as a striker this, that works. Yeah, having that striker with like a, a winger on each side, I felt was was working very well. Yeah. Which, okay, so like what can we glean from this game then? Uh, I'm going to venture a guess here. Sure. I think we can glean uh, something from the first 30, 43 minutes Yeah. Uh, before the delay. And then I think we can literally glean nothing. From the second that. half. No, okay. I think we can glean something from the second half. And that is Bobby Wood is capable of scoring goals. Well, yeah, we there saw are, that last year. Con- there are conditions that exist <laughs> where Bobby Wood can score goals. There are and very that- specific <laughs> conditions that are conducive to Bobby Wood scoring. And that is, I mean, it, it goes in the plus column for me. I don't know about you guys, but I yeah. like that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so, okay. So overall, I felt like Arsenal started this game very well, and we did look to be uh, very much on the front foot forward. Seattle is playing a heavily... Rotated uh, um, starting 11. That said, a heavily rotated starting 11 for Seattle is a much better team than a Houston Dynamo. And oh, yes. so the good news is that we looked really, really, really bad against the Houston Dynamo, in my opinion. Like I was just yeah. extremely concerned all around. Um, but the other thing right now is like, say we stick to this formation and we, we trot out like what we saw the other day and by all accounts, uh, everyone looked way better. Like Chang played, I, I, I am on and off a pretty big uh, Chang skeptic. I think he's he's not like a young player at this point in his he's career. 30. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I I just am kind of I'm kind of skeptical, and you know, just how much. But like he he had he had like one of his like best games. For RSL, in my opinion, that that day, yeah. I thought Miram looked great yeah. as well. I don't know if you have a more clinical striker uh, than Bobby Wood. I think that player is scoring more, uh, is scoring multiple goals in that game, yeah. and I, like so, I am very curious about like. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get there in a sec, but uh, so. Tate Schmidt looked, I thought, really good. Our defensive line is still really good. I still have question marks with uh, somebody who's capable of playing a strong defensive midfielder position. And I don't know if Scott Caldwell is the answer. I thought I thought he had a fine game. Yeah, I did. I didn't think Pablo Ruiz had a particularly good game. He did get. He crucially won the ball back that set up our goal. Actually. Um, which was great, but he, I mean, somebody needs to teach Pablo how to shoot the ball without just like launching it out of the stadium because he should have had 
one of the easiest goals of his career, which I think would have been a second goal. But um, yeah, so I like I still think like we really do need as somebody who can command that midfield really well and like that Quayar type of player or just Quayar himself. Mm, but yeah. Uh, okay. I like if we I, and I the three four three worked really well. I think I, so. This is something that Tom was saying on Twitter that he's been advocating for, which. I, I, I I do like the the three four three and how it's constituted, but we do not have I think the two central midfielders to play this to play it very well. We played it well enough. Um, Zach McMath made some spectacular saves in the second half of that game that and I thought came out of the box really well, which like yes. is not a Zach McMath thing. Yeah, he yeah. came off his line extremely well and uh, saved us. Yeah, like he 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 made some really good saves that I. I've seen Achoa give up <laughs> before. So I was very, very pleased with Matt, Zach McMath in that game. But so thinking about who we have out, how, does Rubio Rubin, is that just like a straight swap for Bobby Wood off and on? I don't know about that. I think that's most likely what we see if Bobby Wood stays healthy. And then whenever Rubio Rubin comes back, he's probably going to be coming in as a sub for a while. And uh, um, Rubio Rubin is uh, training fully with the team now. Uh, okay. But it's some way off of match fitness. So, okay, then what? I don't know what this means. What a th- what this three four three formation looks like with Demir Krylock? I guess is what I'm. Yeah, this, kind of getting at it doesn't with Demir Krylock, right? Right. Like you cannot play this. There is no spot where Demir Krylock makes a lot of sense. If he, the only thing that I can think of that makes a lot of sense is if he is tied next to a he's in scott caldwell's position and instead of pablo ruiz we have goose uh is his first name gustavo i can't uh quayar like that's that's the situation in which it could work because he is a deep-seated midfielder that has the the freedom to run forward when we've got such a defensive force next to him of someone that is not pablo ruiz or even everton yeah uh but other than that he can't play that Bobby Wood role in that same way. He can't play that left or right wing the same way that like Chang and Miram can play it. And our press worked so much better in the 3-4-3 than it did the other day against Houston. But and it's mainly because Krylock wasn't there. (laughs) So when we have Krylock as one of our when we have Krylock as one of our front like uh, offensive line players, like that press can't work if we're relying on Crylock to do that. We can have him in the midfield winning like a ball over the top because he's tall, ostensibly. Yeah. But we can't, we can't, whatever that was, uh, I don't, I have no idea how he can fit into that well. I think so. He, oh, go on, Trevor. But I don't I'm think just, this is a problem we're going to have to worry about. That's well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I think that putting Demir into this situation it changes i mean you can't do a straight swap you're right like there's no obvious answer for for any of it i think that the way that it could work is one of two ways um you'd swap him out for like a ruiz once you've got like an everton or like a um Quayar, let's say to swap out for caldwell and then you basically just have like one guy sitting in front and then three midfield so it turns it into like a 3 1 3 three or whatever right but you have those yeah but you have those uh crucial left and right midfielders in this situation that 
aren't wingbacks, but are like left and right mids, actually. But and I think you, I think you can probably keep that kind of situation going. I think so too. And just let Crylock kind of freely roam around because that's kind of how Ruiz has been playing. It seems like the last couple of the last that, two games. That is a good point. He's kind of been floating around and he's been breaking up plays and kind of involved in the buildup and he's got a couple shots off. So he's kind of involved on both sides of the ball. So I, I think that's kind of the easiest swap you get somebody that's probably better than Caldwell at just being the lone defensive midfielder and then you just kind of give Krylock that kind of free floating role the other way that I could see it working and I would like to see some see it try is to replace Bobby Wood with Krylock and make Krylock like the main striker but you let Krylock kind of do the thing he did last year where he's not really a striker he's kind of a false nine but also kind of a hold up guy and kind of the target for crosses. So like that nine and a half roll, right? Yeah. Kind of like a nine and a half. And then you just have um, Bobby Wood or Rubin play one of the like winger positions. So they're not really playing a true winger. They're kind of playing a kind of striker thing. So I could see that kind of working, but yeah, straight swap. I I don't think Crylock fits in this really at all it's gotta I think be, you it's have gotta to make be some Pablo, kind of changes Pablo Ruiz I mean but at this point in their careers Pablo Ruiz does feel like a slightly better defensive player than Demir Krylock just because yeah. we've not we like when we got Demir Krylock ostensibly that was exactly the type of player that he could have been right is yeah. is that but we have not played him there more than a handful of times right and that's that's the thing is I don't think you play Krylock over Pablo for the defensive part of it yeah, I think you kind of sacrifice a little bit of defensive cover in order to get Krylock on the field, and I, you hope that that means you're scoring more goals. Yeah. And I think if you're scoring more goals, you can kind of sacrifice a little bit of the the defense. Like the two chances that Pablo had to score, Krylock scores both of those with ease. Easy, <laughs> more than likely, yeah. Or it's, at the very least, they're on frame. I mean, yeah. it's also like tall enough that he would have gotten the second one. Yeah, yeah. But, but like Krylock knows how to put a shot down on the ground like a lot of his goals that have come from distance are low driven shots and Pablo Ruiz has literally no idea how to do that it appears because he does he can hit like a long shot but when he is the ball is like rolling toward him like that that ball was never gonna go in (laughs) no he, he yeah like he can't keep a ball down so like all of his shots are bombs and they're either top corner type things or way off target. Yeah. Which sucks. Like they're not really like worm burners. Which, across because, the grass. which is such a bummer because you'd like to think you, you, you would like for one of your midfielders in that position to be able to hit that like late run to the box goal that, that Krylock is really good at like that. We've yeah. seen him score a lot of times. Um, but it's usually when we, when he has like at least two attackers in front of him. Yeah, and we have not put him in that kind of position for a long time. Another good thing, though, that I that I that I saw was like we were not playing, we were not playing Herrera Crylock ball. Like there were a couple times when Brody tried something like that, and it it went to no one. And I think we instantly were like, okay, we're not doing that anymore, which was such a good sign because we would not stop doing that against Houston, and we would only look for. That's why Bobby Wood's heat map was so weird. Cause we were only playing him the ball in like the worst of positions. Yeah. And we were way better about like actually 
playing the ball on the ground, doing nice link-up play among these right mids, right wings, left mids, left wings, and then getting to Bobby Wood as well. Like it was so much better. <laughs> and like I and there were times where I was like, man, it like I, I the more the more I'm thinking about that, Trevor, like Crylock next to Caldwell might not be like super defensively ideal, but like that really does seem like the best way to make this three four three work is yeah. like really put it, like as Crylock in the midfield and being able to really like go box to box, but then having, I guess I, Caldwell's not that player, but maybe we can. I don't know. He he did well enough. So so the only thing I think that makes sense for me, if we want to play something that approximates this. Is just go back to a four two one three, or four two three one, whichever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, or something like uh, approaching that. You drop those left mid, you know, the left and right mids back into normal fullback roles, which <sighs> both of these players can play, right? Yeah. Yes. I think you yeah. lose a little bit, uh, but looking at the heat maps, it was really interesting to see, like the center backs took up generally center back positions, uh-huh. cast a little wider. The, the mids took up like generally fullback positions cast a little higher. Uh, and it was, that was interesting for me to like try to work through. Uh, and I don't know what it means for, for Krylik and how that works best, but I think that's the only one, if we want to maintain this general strategy is the only one that makes sense. And that's losing a center back. And honestly, I think you could probably lose Eric Holt. You wouldn't notice that much. Yeah, if you just put Krylock on, take Holt off, yeah, and then yeah. just adjust around that. I, are are I you missing that? Right. That that that, that, that no. has to be it. You go, let's see. If, uh, yeah, I mean, that 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 really because that that is what you're sacrificing by adding a third center back, really. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. Schmidt and Brody are are not. They they are fullbacks, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And they adapted really well in that game. I still I, don't I think, think you so, can yeah. take that much from the final 45. Yeah. No, uh, I don't. I just, I don't like, I've never been a professional athlete. I don't know how many of you will be surprised by this that are listening at home. Uh, but I haven't been. And, uh, you know, I yeah. can't imagine being a professional athlete on the road and having two hours to kill and not knowing when the game's coming back. Yeah, that's pretty, that's a very tough situation. We, everyone was in especially the away team yeah yeah um because you'd assume they have like less you know access to certain facilities during that time like the yeah the warm-up yeah because i mean we almost scored in those like couple minutes before halftime and then we scored immediately after so like we were we were far more ready like just immediately off the break yeah and Um, and credit to pablo he kept the guys prepared and yeah. Everyone says that's what he's best at. And we saw it looked like it. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. We, I mean, Bobby should have scored as soon as the break was over. Like he, he had a, he had a, he had a shot off a rebound where he just misplaced and shot it wide. And like it was very, he should have had it. But yeah. Um, I have one last thought on this match. Sure. And that's that we almost got to see Cordova score mm-hmm. of, one of those glorious like face own goals uh, <laughs> that so if you watch highlights like that I is know. one of the goals in there because he scored <laughs> he scored like seven goals in his career and they're all in one video anyway I so know. i'm sad we didn't see yeah that. it was so close it, it like 
instead went to like Paulo Ruiz on the rebound. But yeah, it was like oh, man. almost direct. Can you imagine his first goal was that? That would be so funny. Legendary player immediately. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah, that 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 really is such a shame. Yeah, we almost had that. Anything look what else they, about this game before we move this. on? I've got a stupid thing about this game. Sure, oh, yeah. if we want to hear it. I just I noticed that I I, I feel like. Maybe it's just because I've noticed RSL does it a lot more because um, that's the team that I pay attention to. But it seems funny that with the lightning delay, we got updates on Twitter and the team was pretty good about like updating people and giving it specific times. Yeah. But I know that I left the stadium not immediately as soon as the delay started, but within about 15, 20 minutes of the delay. Yeah, it was probably 20 minutes. I left at the we, same time. We kind of made the decision that like it was going to be a lengthy delay yeah because i mean we can clearly see lightning strikes and then when we left we can clearly see lightning strikes i got on the freeway and i could clearly still see lightning strike like it wasn't like little itty bitty ones and like maybe they're far enough away like they were close so every single time i was like oh that resets the clock that resets the clock it's another 30 minutes and i just think it's funny that the team kept putting out like okay 30 minutes from right now 30 minutes from right, like <laughs> just over and over and it seemed like they're pushing that and the only explanation i i could think of was that like they just want to keep people in the stadium yeah. so they keep filling their hearts with hope that like okay guys it's only 30 minutes from now and they just keep doing that for two hours <laughs> before it finally so anyway yeah i just think it's funny that we do that and it seems pretty clear that we're trying to keep people in the stadium and lightning delays are always very, very long. Yeah. Don't, don't believe the hype. Especially when you look at the radar and there's a cluster coming yeah. right for you. <laughs> and then they sit there yeah, and the cluster the just stays there. Twitter and the cluster just kind of sat there for a while. That tweet was really funny. It was like, <laughs> it's coming from, it's this wind is going from the north. I was like, okay. Yeah. It was not though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, yeah. It was, yeah, I get that. But yeah, it was, it, it was kind of funny where it was just like, all right, another 30 minutes. Yeah. We're kicking yeah. off at this time. And then, and yeah, then it's like I, 15 minutes into that when there's been 10 more strikes that they're like, oh, I guess I got to reset to 30 minutes from now. I can't believe that some of the people that stuck around. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. Um, credit to them. Good for them. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I, I, it was, it was so I, I cold. really wish I was better prepared. I was not, yeah. I wasn't either. I, like, I was lucky. I mean, I was in the press box, but even that, I was like, dude, it is cold up here. And it was like, once it started snowing, the snow started blowing in. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, okay. And I was like, on my computer, I was like, oh, this is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, it was, it was weird. That's for, that's for sure. Haven't been to a game that was delayed that long, I think, that I can think of. Yeah. But I went to one once and it was a US Open Cup game, I think. And, I don't remember who it was against, but I stayed for like two hours and the team wasn't motivated afterward. There were like 10 minutes left in the game. And I think we were ahead 1-0 and it was just the most boring thing. Yeah. That was my own fault though. An open cup game. <laughs> yeah, I should have gone home. I wouldn't have done that for an open cup game, that's yeah. for sure. I was young and impressionable. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, I see. Was that, was oh. that like, I seen, I think I was at that one actually. I think I Oh, really? I, f I feel like that was like a game where they just like gave a bunch of free tickets away. And I think I was at that oh, one. Oh yeah, I bet. Huh. Speaking, speaking of open cup, it's back. Oh, and that'll be very exciting. We've got open cup games to attend. Hopefully, hopefully attend this year. 
Seems and open cup games. Really bad open cup games. Yeah, but like I love open cup. They're yeah, one of the too. best kept secrets of like attending RSL games is they are always fun. Yeah. Like the Even games sometimes bad. suck a lot. Like yeah. don't worry about like going to go see quality soccer because <laughs> you're probably not. Yeah. But the game it's always a blast to attend open cup games and we get them again for the first time in like three years, it feels like. Why wait, what's the deal? Is it just been COVID that's been canceled? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Too much travel. Got and it. Now COVID's over. So yeah. Yeah. We're we're done. So oh. thank goodness for that. <laughs> just in time for sports to be back. I love uh, it. All right. Should we talk New England time. very briefly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We still have more stuff. I thought we were good. trying to pad out to a minute to an hour 30 from that. Yeah. yeah let's talk about New England. They're uh, good. All right. So we've got some updates from Pablo Mascarini on players that will almost definitely be out, barring like basically a miracle, is what he said on the radio. He didn't use the term miracle, but that's my choice. Uh, so the following players uh, will be out. It's the same list uh, as players that were out. Uh, against Seattle. So uh, no Demir Krylik, who uh, I hinted at this earlier. Um, it's sure looking like Krylik will not be back immediately. So he missed almost all of preseason with a calf concern of some sort, a calf strain. Or, that was uh, and not then, like properly reported to anybody. Yeah. Uh, I was told that, you know, there was a concern with his calf and they were just playing it very safe. Uh, which, you know, you can support, right? Uh, he yeah. plays the home opener. He had trained just two days in the build-up to that. Um, and that, I mean, which may explain his performance a little bit. Uh, the Tuesday after the game, so two days later, uh, probably the first training session, actually, uh, he's training and he feels a pull in his calf. And, uh, you know, they pull him out of training and he... Uh, has been out since. So uh, I don't know what that means. I'm not a, is a kinesiologist. Do they study the movement of the body? Sounds, I'm not a sports science it guy. Sounds close. Um, but uh, it, that doesn't fill me with any hope. Do either no. of you have experience with calf strains or this similar? I have uh, no personal experience. Um, I know that players that have muscle issues, they tend to fester. They tend to, Take a long time, and the solution usually is let's just keep them out forever, and then they'll come back healthy instead of trying to push it when they're eighty percent, because yeah. then they remain at eighty percent for the rest of their career. Yeah. So, um, so it's not great news, but that's probably just personal like bias. Yeah, muscle injuries. Uh, that that isn't great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, I just love that when you like rub your face and your glasses go up and over, it's just such an exasperated look. Yeah. It just, it, it sucks. And I really wish that we could just, we just had info about like when players are going to be reevaluated or just like just basic timelines of like when things might take place, but Hey man, it's fine, I guess. It's cool. Don't worry about it. So, do you know how? Uh, not to bring the mood down anymore, but do you know how old Krylock is? He's like eighty-five, I think. Is he? Is he thirty-four? He is thirty-two. Oh, thirty-two. Okay, that's not too it's, bad. It's not too bad, but it's also not an ideal age to start developing muscle problems. Yeah, that it's it's not He's been what you. His career too. Yeah, yeah, he has. So, I'm making it sound like doomsday prophesying i'm not trying to 
but I just, I guess what I'm saying is I just hope the club takes it seriously because I would much rather miss Demir for the next I, six weeks and have yeah. him come back at 100% well, than yeah, try I'm, to push him at 75 80% for the may, rest of the season. I'm confused why you played against Houston, I guess. Yeah, yeah me too. That's the really concerning I've one. I've got some yeah. like questions about that because yeah. did they rush him back for that, for a game at Dynamo Stadium or whatever, a BBVA Compass Stadium? Yeah. If they're going to rush him back, I would have much rather they rushed him back for the home opener Same. rather than the season opener. He looked great, though. That whole like flannel thing he got had going oh, on was great. Like yeah. fleecy flannel thing. Love him. He looked like he prepared for the cold. Yeah, he looked way warm. I mean, I, I had a hoodie and I had a vest over my hoodie, like a fleece vest. And I was, it was, it was a mistake. Yeah. Preparation wise, but lessons were learned. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was like it could not have been more of like a quintessential like soccer game day in Utah. Like it, we literally had every we had lovely sun and and like we we're just hanging out with friends where yeah. you could have been in shorts. We had it was a great pregame. We had literally every weather you can have in Utah aside from like blistering heat. It was just like everything that we have experienced. It was it was nuts. Yeah. But hey. All right, so I had fun. Rubio Rubin uh, out, as we said. Uh, David Ochoa also still out, uh, and the, he didn't mention the you know, Ochoa specifically, but he said uh, it was very unlikely that we'd see any of the players. In fact, I've got a quote here. Uh, he said, uh, "I would say not likely, unless there was a real surprise. Uh, I would like, I'd like to tell you that we're optimistic that one or two of the guys could come in." <laughs> But the truth is, it's not likely that the guys we didn't have available for the last game will be available for this game. That's nice of him to want to tell us that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that tells us a lot about uh, Mastroeni's mindset there. Um, Mastroeni mindset. Yeah, he's a big mentality mindset guy, as if you didn't know. Um, certainly haven't heard him say it a million times. Uh, so I guess we can start evaluating him on his mentality mindset. Yeah. Or maybe if he just thought more positively about the players, uh, they would be injured less. If the te- if the players just had more, what's the team spirit? Is that what he said? Uh, that famous quote where he was like, "Team spirit wins games, not statistics." Oh, that sounds about <laughs> That's right. Awesome. <laughs> um, just as a side note, uh, the Sounders beat Lyon in their Champions League game tonight. Yeah, oh, nice. Right Montero big, scored a brace, right? Pretty big win. Uh, yeah, the game was um, was it in Seattle. Yeah, it was at Lumen Field. They won 3-0. Montero scored a brace, one of them being a penalty, which I think is notable that he takes their penalties and not Albert Rusnak. Which <laughs> was Albert I, Rusnak on the field? Yeah, so Albert Rusnak went 90. Uh, Albert Rusnak, um, Fatma gave him a 7.6, which isn't bad. He Zero goals, zero assists, three total shots, uh, 88% at passing percentage, which is, which is nice. He had one key pass, but I think he might have taken a corner. Um and big chances missed one. <laughs> oh, so and he uh, sounds like two, two of his two of his three shots were on target. So that's good. He had zero oh, accurate Jordan, crosses. And Jordan Morris got on the score sheet. Good for him. He scored in the ninetieth. So I I'm like somebody that like I like to see MLS teams do well in Champions League, uh, yeah. even if it's Seattle. So yep, agreed. And I, I mean, think NYCFC beat. Or do they did they tie? Oh, they did be uh communicaciones. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, to a point, I guess. I, I do yeah. Anyway. I do I, still want until until an MLS team 
does it, I still want RSL to be the first team to win. I'd be loving. No, it's just so not going to happen at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I would. Once somebody finally does, an MLS team wins the final, then I'll give up on it. But I wish I could. I wish I had any. I mean, like, when's the last time we played Champions League? Uh, RSL 2014, 14. We were the runner up in we did we get Champions League for losing MLS Cup? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Okay, I think so. that was the last go around that we had. And it, the whole thing kind of got screwed because we kind of had to blow up our roster before it started, if I remember right. Well, yeah, because we, we kept our roster together in Garth Loggeray fashion. He loves to keep a roster together. Uh, but then we blew it up when he left. So because yeah. we couldn't fit everyone in under the yeah like, the improvements to their contract well i think that was also when they changed the format to be like a three-team oh, group stage just or some word. garbage like that and that yeah. kind of really screwed us because we made it to the next round but did we i thought we crashed out super early oh maybe i don't know uh, whatever it wasn't a good champions league run it was worth forgetting no, is that the year we played tigress 2015 <sighs> Because that was Euromobsistian's first game with us was against Tigress. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So So that would have been 2015 because how did we get in Champions League? That was from from MLS Cup. But that was because it like takes a year. Yeah. Like winning MLS Cup or getting to sorry, getting to MLS Cup in 13 means you get in the next champions league but the next champions league doesn't start till the end of the next mls season you're right yeah, yeah. so it so was it from took forever to start and, and we played tigers the we that's right that game was crazy <laughs> yeah I, I think uh um it would have been who scored for oh it was geniac did he score for tigres oh, probably against us. i don't think he ever did i thought I thought it was Geniac that I scored. I mean, I'm that. happy to be wrong, but I seem to remember being happy that Look we it didn't up, let Matt. their looking it up. Because I swear, Geniac was part. score. I used to really like Geniac at the time. I just thought it was funny that there's just like French dude that just like is like a Mexican lifer. Yeah, it, he's amazing. Uh, okay, so it was actually twenty. Uh, was it twenty sixteen? Yes. Yeah, how uh, so it was oh a 2015 2016 season and i don't remember how we got there yeah uh we tied at home we lost 2-0 on the road uh rivas and uh jurgen dan uh scored against us on the road and then uh Gignac scored in the uh, i mean it was just sealed the game in the 90th minute oh, oh Gignac gosh. did score okay right. joao plata scored in the 22nd minute for us see told you didn't my yeah my assistant was on that team i think oh man yeah, what a right. man th- was that was top scorer in the league you know how many goals he scored what year? was yeah that year he was in the league yes i don't believe i mean i i'm sure you're looking at it but i don't believe you <laughs> maybe like 10 goals i think it was nine was his best year uh, I'm looking it up to double check Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, it was nine. Wow. Nine and three. Good for him. Great player. Anyway, yeah. uh, Aaron Herrera and Nick Beasley are also out. So one of those players matters. The other uh, wouldn't play anyway. So We got in because uh, 2014, we were the MLS Supporter Shield fourth place. 
What? Uh, we were the we were the supporter shield fourth place, so that means the three teams ahead of us earned berths other ways. Yeah. Yes, oh my the gosh. LA Galaxy were the 2014 MLS Cup champions. Uh, Seattle Sounders were the 2014 Supporter Shield and Open Cup champions. So, oh and my. because they were the Open Cup, I think that allowed us to go in at fourth place. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC United was the 2014 MLS Eastern Conference regular season champion. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, what a weird league. Um, we've got one more note on this, but uh, I think we can save that for another week. What's the what's the note? Hold on. Better. I know you're so excited about this, Trevor. Oh my God in heaven. <laughs> the, people, <laughs> the people that need to hear this are not gonna listen to the how yeah. long are we into this? An hour and forty minutes? I don't know, man. Sometimes they do oh, actually. They nailed it. That was an hour and forty minutes exactly. I, that yeah. was really cool, actually. I think they're not gonna listen to that far into this. Trevor, uh, yeah, maybe not this far. They do listen to some parts oh, I, I learned. Great. At least well, if anybody listens to the last two minutes of this podcast the lineup graphics is a problem and i'm over it and this is the year i feel like this is the year we're finally gonna bitch and moan our way to getting a real lineup graphic out of the team for the first time in like five years i'm so sick of this whole (laughs) conversation Trevor, do you want to do you want to read the last item here <laughs> Are we talking? Yeah, I'll read it. Is Demir Krylak a top five injured Real Salt Lake player of all time? How are we rating injuries? Is this like the best injury? Like I'll the type like, of injury uh, is top uh, five? Or Trevor, like, I'm going to stop you there. I just wanted you to read it out loud. That's all. Or is it like the player that injured is the top five, like RSL player should we, should that we also happened to get injured? Say goodnight, Trevor. Now I'm curious. I'm thinking about who else got injured and which injuries are better. Good night, everybody. Good night. Oh, you're just saying bye like that, huh? Okay. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.